ليش؟ Welcome to the show, everyone. We're going to get right into this because I can't stop staring at Melanie's chest. Mm. I cannot get my eyes off that bald head on your chest. <laughs> It's so juicy, baby. But look at that. I, I wonder whose ass they used. I had to get it. I think it's The Rocks. I think it's... I you think reckon it's, it's his? That's <laughs> what I said to Phil. I was like, he would do it. He would pose like that. You think he would? I mean, he I would. would. <laughs> it looks like you would have a nice round patush. Yeah, patush. a rock hard one, if you will. <laughs> yeah, Melody is sporting um, a t-shirt with The Rock. And he has like... Um, short shorts like daisy dukes on and he is showing some badonkadonk yes. um so that's what melanie's wearing with like very fancy earrings yeah well i you know how i was saying that i want to dress up for the pod so i was like this was my way of dressing it up but isn't it giving high fashion it is though <laughs> i am here for it it is giving what it needs to give because that's i feel like without the earrings the outfit wouldn't be complete Thank you. And you know what? I've finally watched enough RuPaul's Drag Race to not give a fuck what anyone thinks about what I'm wearing. And I was like, when I had the, and this is so random, but when I had the idea, I was like, no, nah, that's so silly. Why would you put on your most glamorous earrings with like a stupid t-shirt? And I was like, because it's iconic and it's you iconic. want to, and it feels right. It feels yes. right. She's red carpet ready now. She is. She no. is. She is the moment. Yeah, me. <laughs> feel it uh, <laughs> um i have to ask um did you finish squeak no of course uh, not yet have you I finished she it. Through it. she's talked her squeaking way through it <laughs> so okay it's called squeak a, a twisted tale by vera valentine our new favorite author of yes. the i don't Incredible. know what to describe glorious as glorious amazing box porn books <laughs> yeah yeah um no it's only like an hour and a half mm. audiobook and so yeah I, <laughs> i i won't go into detail but it's a quick finish is it <laughs> oh it's a quick finish baby it is a quick finish <laughs> have you started it yeah i've started it but like i thought um is are we saving the surprise or should we just let our listeners know She's, I think we, we have to. Yeah. We have to. Well, yeah. she's coming in March. So I wanted to read it right before. <laughs> I wanted to read it before she came. <laughs> yeah. We are having the Vera Valentine on, who we, our entire episode of uh, what was our, our Christmas, Christmas, our very skanky Christmas app. Yes. Where we went like, <laughs> like, we did a play by play. Um, um, <laughs> What's the, how, what was the Unhinged. title? Unhinged. Unhinged. Yeah. So, um, so when Melanie brought up that she and Kelly, our friend Kelly Escobar had mentioned yeah. to read Squeak, <laughs> um, Melanie was like, what, Kelly says it was Raquel. She's shifting the blame onto Raquel. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Whoever it was, whatever sultry vixen recommended these books to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, we were talking about Vera Valentine and Melanie's like, let's try and get Vera Valentine on. And so I, I shot her an email and she was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And I, yeah. the way I cackled of excitement, 
to yeah. have an to icon have an icon I'm so freaking excited so same and I just like honestly just coming off our chat with Gretchen and like thinking about like this is why I love doing the podcast with you though because I just threw this big idea out to the wind and you're like okay let's try make that happen you know what I mean like yeah. it, it felt like a very ballsy thing to do to ask her on and but like she was the quickest reply we've ever had to come on you yeah. know and it just goes to show you just gotta like keep taking those gambles and some of your yeses are surprising places that you didn't expect sometimes you find your kindred spirits places yeah. you didn't squeaky places you didn't expect but um so you finished it I, sure I don't know be. if I want to ask you about it now or if I want to ask you about it on that episode whenever I am ready to speak on the squeak any mm, can you wait is- till I read it I want to read it. I will wait. I will just, I will just say, no, I can't. No, go, please. (laughs) There is like filling, like funnel cake filling. I think. Open with filling when we're talking about that book. There is funnel cake filling. And it's a, it's, it's, it's what he, he, (laughs) he, what it's he what like he has. He, when he's he done it's funnel, funnel cake feeling pretty sure it was funnel cake <laughs> <I> just snorted <laughs> well oh, i have God. to read it at once now you must you must i swear it's a quick <laughs> quick read that will have your head spinning like, I just wish that our listeners could have been in our DMs when we went from the screenshot of that other skanky book you sent me to me being like, oh, I'm reading this because those girls egged me on into it. And you were like, immediate download, immediately read before our next episode, got Vera on the show. The gloriousness. <laughs> I don't play. I don't play. Uh, yeah. Unhinged. You know, it unlocks something in me. It really <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> it really did. It, it brought something, something that I think I was missing in life, you know. So yeah, but hey, I, I mean, that. honestly, I it was really fun having Gretchen on. Um, mm. Guests, be prepared. She is a firecracker. She yeah. had so many fun, amazing things to say, um, and just like great advice too. Of just like just a whole shebang. But one of the things that I really, really liked was kind of just like, shoot your shot. Just shoot your shot. Like being a writer is full of no's, but you never get a yes unless you don't, you know, if you don't try. And so the no's are going to come and, um, Mm. but the yeses will come too. And they're going to be big yeses um, and beautiful yeses. And sometimes Mm. it just comes randomly through connections that you've made. um, Like, I swear since like debut, I've, you know, I post and I still trying to like drag myself out and like, remember to have like be in that fun headspace again, but it still gets mm-hmm. a little weird sometimes in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but in like, I keep, posting. I think it's like, I keep going, like keep getting in my head about, Oh, like it's not doing as good as I hoped, mm-hmm. you know, like there's not, I didn't do this, uh, you know, I didn't do enough or, you know, we're not selling it enough or or whatever. My brain is just like playing all these, these like what ifs or I should have. 
And I've been trying to like shift it of just being like, no, like you, you still did the damn thing. It's amazing. It's like huge. And, you know, like shifting into gratitude, Mm. but like a part of that, I feel like, um, social media, like the last few months has been not as fun for me of like, oh, I feel like I still, like, I've got to keep posting and reminding people that this damn book, um, Mm -hmm. is still in the world. Um, and so I'm missing kind of the fun part, you know, but, and I, and that's the part I love is just like being on here and, or being on social media and like doing a silly video and just like enjoying laughing with people about writing or books or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I've been missing the fun part, but like, I've been really trying to like get back into that or just taking a break, Mm -hmm. whatever, like the mood sort of like. You know, Chase the mood. That's the smartest thing there, I think, because I think it is a bit of a, like, it's a seesaw for me. Like, there's days where I'm like, social media has been the thing that, like, made my career, like, what it is already, you know? And then other days you're like, it's evil and it must burn, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it it's, is. like, that dramatic for me and I'm guessing for you as well. And so it can be a really hard balance to be like, but also – like our whole community is on there, right? For the most part. And so even though I need breaks from it, I feel the same. I get like that FOMO and I feel like I miss out on important posts when I'm like away from it. But if I'm on too much, I notice how it triggers my anxiety quite quickly if I overdo it, you know, but maybe that's just it. It's just a constant, like checking in with yourself. Like that's, that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. Like I'll be on and I'll like, network and like just chat to friends and like whatever I feel like doing but I'll be always checking in with my mood I'm like what's my anxiety levels at where's my brain at today and kind of the moment I feel myself going into one of those I know what you mean like those sucking whirlpools of questions about the industry I'm like that's enough internet or I'll specifically like look at things that I know will help improve my mood yeah like Mm. No, I think that's beautiful is like searching for the joy or the good that will help your mood yeah. because you really can get so sucked into like, um, not like comparing yourself or like putting mm. yourself down against others, but you're, you know, you're seeing everybody else doing things and you're like, oh, I want to do that. Or, oh, I should have tried that, you know? Yeah. So it's like, um, so, but yeah, it's like when it does, you do feel that shift in your mood of like, you're go, you feel it. Like it feels heavy. It does. So when yeah. that happiness comes like searching for something that's going to bring lightness back into you or shutting mm-hmm. it off and dancing, going for a walk, like yeah. getting out. Um, I've honestly, like, I've been trying to read a lot. I just continue, yeah. like, that's my, that's my goal for this year. And so, um, yeah, like, I'm just trying to enjoy and like be happy again like mm-hmm. I really just don't want to feel like I have to promo anymore because I yeah I love being on social media and like making funny videos but I don't necessarily mm-hmm. love like promo yes. unless it's funny and <laughs> real talk it's like we've it. said like the kind of like yes there are those really rare instances where it's like a viral book and millions of copies sell overnight but like that's kind of like what we've talked about a bunch like whilst that would be great if that happens it is the exception not the rule and I think that's why it's so important like you said to reground yourself in like what you want and like 
And I think for me, a lot of it is reminding me how slow burn it all is. Like how, like none of that, what you've done is wasted and sorry, missed, um, appearing on the face of the Barnes and Noble, uh, Instagram page. Doesn't sound like nothing to me. It's like, but that's books, you know, it's not like a reel that you download and you get a million views and there's instant fame on it. But like books aren't like that. Books are like a slow prehistoric beast that like takes time to tread across the earth and find its, you know, <laughs> but so it's hard. It's hard to wait it out and it's hard to not like be up in our heads of like, are we doing enough? And it's actually conversations I want to have with our guests more like, I'm seeing so many posts about people burning out in the creative industry lately about the impossible weight of it all, of being an artist, of being like, and I saw a post the other day and it was like, it was like one of those posts of like just designed to make you think it's like, you've become an exceptional marketer, but your work has suffered. Yes. And I was like, fuck, like that's kind of where I was headed like a few, whatever before when I was kind of like, this doesn't feel right. Like so in on that side of things that like my writing was suffering and it was sucking my joy out. Cause yeah, like there is fun parts to it. I agree with you, but not when it's like pressure, not when there's like a chokehold on you to produce and to, and like our best work isn't done on on demand anyway it's when we're given opportunities to play and experiment and fuck up like yes. can we talk about how necessary it is to be fucking up all the time as a creative if you're not screwing up you're probably not doing it right you should mm. be failing a lot you should be like making shitty work a lot and if you're not I don't think you're making enough work <laughs> you know like let it let it happen like get the get the crappy sides of it out of the way to make your good work you know but anyway, uh, that was very ranty. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> hard agree. Hard agree. Hard agree. And and then it's also too like I find when I do just have fun and mm. just enjoy it and just let it be light. Um, that's when things happen, right? Like that's random good things feel like they happen. Mm. And it, I you say it often. Energy attracts the like yeah. energy energy. And I feel like when you're like vibrations are up and you're in a different headspace. Things happen. Um, mm. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm just, I've been just really just I working on my, you know, vibrations. Yes. And, yes, I honey. This, I saw this thing on TikTok. Yeah. You don't have to be on TikTok. You'll see it eventually. <laughs> um, but I saw oh. it. <laughs> Listeners, wait for the burn that's coming later in our interview. That's why Angela's cackling at me. Yeah. She's well, judging I saw me. This thing and it really, it really changed me. And I don't know if it's right or not, mm. but it, this guy was saying that your heart, your like actual organ, your heart mm. ha is like, has electro, it's like electric in a way or like yeah, um, electrodes. Yeah. Electrodes. Electrodes. Elect thank you. Yeah. And so it like, it like vibrates out like three feet around you, like this sphere really? of electricity. And you know how, like when someone's like, Oh, I just get bad vibes from that person. It's your, you're feeling the energy that they're letting out. Oh and so gosh, that's, that's what they always say about like, right. Like that's what they're saying. Like you want to raise your vibrations because you're putting out good into the world and the world feels it. The universe feels wow. that. 
I was like, I'm like, dang, yeah, like I've got chills from that because that's I am a highly sensitive person. Like I have walked onto a tram before and made eye contact with someone and gotten straight off because their vibes were so bad. Yes. Like and, literally. And I put out I put out very bad vibes when no. I am <laughs> You absolutely don't. Your vibes are so good, they shine through the internet. Resting yeah, well, bitch face is not the same as bad vibes, my friend. And people who are self-aware know how to tell the difference. I've been thinking okay. a lot about this. There's, like, people who, like, give off this, like, grumpy vibe, but they have a good heart. And then there's people who give off that grumpy vibe and then they're just, like, a-holes. And it becomes apparent really quick when you deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That does. Mm-hmm. So now we're just trying to raise them vibrations, girl. Yes. Also, it can't be electrodes. I feel like electrodes are something in chemistry. So let's take that back. <laughs> it's it what it is, but I knew what you meant. Something like, you know, electricity. It's like, I think it's electricity. I think it's like electricity, guys. Yeah, it's I'll like the, it is it similar to? <laughs> it's science. It's like, I feel like we're two bimbos trying to discuss science now. I was going to say, is it like, I'm just going to say it. I don't care how stupid I sound. It's like um when you go to the ocean and there's all those positive ions in the air. Ions, maybe? I wonder if it's that. Because it like, yeah. actually chemically changes the energy in your body. Ah, see, uh, there's something. There's yeah, something. It's, it's a thing. In our little parts. And so... But you're so right. And like, I've just... um. I just did another round of meditations with Inez. We wound up doing the energy of attraction ones together. And like the timing was just so good. And like, you're so right though. Like it literally is like that change of mindset is life changing. And it's like, I was thinking about it the other day, you know, like I really am in a more peaceful mindset this year than last year. And even just like, even though I haven't gotten an agent yet, I was thinking about some of the opportunities that have come my way. Like, just like these lovely things that came out of the ether that like, you know, I wasn't expecting. And that it's kind of that, like when you're at peace and you're just like grinding and doing what you love, it does seem to be that like that energy attracts that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and also like being very conscious of putting out, um, Mm -hmm. like I know like the other day and honestly, it really helped after, um, like I've been trying to read as I've been saying. Yeah. And so after I've finished books, like I've been going out of my way to leave reviews and oh, it's bless. actually really hard to yeah. like come up with smart things to say mm-hmm. no. <laughs> and to sound like, ah, oh, I really know what I'm talking about. Um, And, but so I've been trying to leave reviews on different sites for people I've, you know, books I've read or friends and, um, and it, even that like lifts your mood a little bit more because you're putting out these good Mm. things and even if they'll never see it you're you know that you added a little five star here and there and like sprinkling little magic into the you know universe and so and it I think it all comes back in the end Uh, you know I hope I don't know I think so and I think at the very least like something I'm getting more comfortable in is like working out like what's right for me and what's not, because that's the thing. Some of these, like I was thinking about that, like when we find, when we touch on um, the rejection Mm -hmm. I got yesterday, I was thinking about that and I was like, you know, sometimes the spaces you thought you wanted to sit at 
aren't for you. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the people you thought you wanted to be your friends or you wanted their approval aren't for you. And it can be like a really slow, hard process to learn and to like, you know, separate that, Mm. separate your like self-worth from when you don't align with someone. Because there's a lot of that too. Although I will say (laughs) that rejection I got yesterday had nothing to do with aligning. And like, I feel like I I rarely like let my full like fury pop off. <laughs> but I was like, I'm gonna call these mofos out. Like, I'm not gonna specifically name them, but like, so yeah, like as you know, I resubmitted um that story I wrote for Alcray. I was like, oh, I'll chuck it a few other places and see if I get any bites from other anthologies or whatever. So I submitted to this Australian magazine and the reply they sent me back was like seriously like reading a bad review on Goodreads but finding it in your inbox from the people you're trying to get approval from, right? You're trying to get a yes from them. So like, I mean, I put it in my post, but (laughs) I put my scathing. I'm actually glad I posted. It was really validating to have like people I respect and look up to be like, yeah, I've experienced that and it's unacceptable. So their, their feedback included comments like writing okay doesn't go beyond this though and doesn't bring anything new to the genre and overall average okay at best like what why you know like what good does that do them to write like to be fair yes it was a tropey vampire story like that's kind of what I was going for it was a fantasy magazine I submitted to so I was like I thought vampires would be welcome in that space but regardless like everyone is 100% like I honestly feel like if people don't hate what you're doing you're not trying hard enough right like I'm so here for bad reviews and whatever but I don't think like a publishing body should ever be sending that back to authors because especially like if you have any idea of your industry you know what sensitive creatures authors are and like I'm kind of lucky I'm old enough and ugly enough at this point that like I can like shrug it off and continue on but like I'm sure not even that many years ago that would have obliterated me I would have like spent weeks months just like questioning do I have anything of value to offer this industry because the voices I'm submitting to have just told me I don't. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like something that I find and like the reason I posted about it yesterday was like, yeah, like I know like a couple of my friends in the States have been like, you know, why don't you try more in like Australia? Rah, 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 rah. And yeah, like, I would, I would, yeah, yeah. No, and it's a valid question. <laughs> no, no, it's not just you, but like, because a lot of my community is American and like, but yeah, it's like sometimes there's this, I'm relieved it's not just me who's felt it. Like a few people piped up on the post and I was like, yeah, like it's definitely like there's this aloofness towards fantasy or like genre fiction in general, like horror, I guess. And it's like I just felt like calling it out because it's like, um, again, like I'm not the same little fragile zygote. I think before I was just like, oh, but, you know, they're the big bad ones and I shouldn't say anything bad about them. And I'm like, no, that had no place in my inbox. Right. And, and I feel so mad thinking of, like, a young, like, budding writer reading that and being, like, so crushed by it and feeling like their, their stories are invalid, you know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It just, it's so uncalled for. Yeah. It, it, 
it just makes me like my blood boil just Same. to think that like say it, exactly like say it was somebody who's just starting out and just like here's my little thing I've worked yeah. so hard on I love so much and then just to get that sort of thing back it just yeah. there's no point there's no goose point. is crying about it in the background <laughs> and you know what goose she I should agree. be like, yeah. look, I don't want to call out the whole Australian publishing industry because there are some oh, real is bad. All of us. <laughs> there are some real gold nuggets there as well. But yeah, there is this kind of like suffocating part of it where it feels like fantasy YA, like even YA sometimes there's just like certain circles won't take you seriously, you know? And there's mm-hmm. kind of almost always this hand just hold trying to keep you at a distance is how it feels sometimes and just like how expensive it is like my gosh like I looked at a a website to try and think about like pitching to a to a agent and first of all you had to be a member of the society which was like $160 membership per year and then you had to pay for the event and to book the agent right which I've done I've done these things before and and it's expensive and but then the worst part was there was in the fine print they were like um member people who have been a member for the past three years will get priority booking so say there's this one agent you want to book they might book out before you even get a chance to bid on it so you could spend two hundred dollars on the hope that you might get a chance to pitch and like honestly unfortunately in my personal experience i'm sure it's not everywhere in my personal experience like that's why australia like just australia awareness for fantasy authors it's why i'm so stubborn about looking for a external agent because the opportunities here are so small and the communities, some of the ones that I have rolled in have been very like, there's almost this like eye roll equality, like to, oh, you write fantasy or whatever. Like they really, it's not something. And a lot, a lot of pub houses will be like, not accepting, you know, they'll be open to everything, not accepting fantasy or memoir. I'm like, don't put us with the memoirs. Put us with them. <laughs> memoirs sorry memoir people but you know it's a little different very specific market so yeah yeah, it's uh but I'm I was grateful that I was in the frame of mind where I was able to be like you know I know enough people have read my work and loved it and things have happened that I'm like I'm not going to take it to heart it wasn't for them but Yeah. yeah like it's definitely something that I I'm not gonna like allow myself to be bullied by that in the local industry and I'm really going to just that's what I've been doing I've just been like slowly focusing on networking with the people who are good energy you know like and who don't have that kind of chip on their shoulder about publishing and like what warrants proper writing I'm not literary enough darling I'm not literary enough you know like I hate it I think that's so much I hate it like I literally I I think I told you this before. I literally, there was like one book club I was going to for a while trying to network. And and then I like plucked up the courage to go to this event. And there was a person from the book club. It was the only person I knew at the event. And they literally didn't make room. I walked in. I was like, oh, thank God. I know someone. And I walked towards the table and they literally like didn't make space. You know, usually you'd be like, oh, hey, like come make space. They literally like blocked me out. And I had to go find another table to sit at. I was like, fuck. 
I hate that so much, but like, I feel like that's something that every writer feels and is going to go through at some point and you feel yes. that like you don't belong here or, mm. or whatever. And, um, it's especially in Australia, apparently. Right. <laughs> in Australians. Right. Um, it's funny because Australians in general are so easygoing, but Australian publishing is so bloody uptight. It's like such a contrast. <laughs> it's in, I wonder if it's maybe like it's a smaller industry. Is that what it is? Smaller. I mean, Australia is a big old place, but you, I guess it's just. But our smaller. population is small for the size of the country. Like we're mostly desert, real talk. <laughs> it's mostly desert and camels and kangaroos out there. Like <laughs> that feels right. That feels right. It does feel right. But like, look, I also get it's more complicated than that. And sometimes it's like a case of wrong timing, whatever. Like, you know, there's a lot of us neurospices and, you know, sometimes you're having an anxious moment. Like I don't actually expect people to like, you know, throw their arms out and like always be welcoming and whatever. But I do expect kindness and respect. And I think like, if you can't have that, I, I and that's what, I guess that's my whole point. I think I realized that like, even like that random example, like I found better people, cooler people to talk to that night. Like, and they are there. They are there. It's just like yeah. sometimes I'm realizing that, yeah, and that's kind of why a long-winded explanation to why I'm so stubborn about getting an American or a UK agent because, yeah. to be frank, the the Aussie author books that are on my shelf that stay on the shelves all are agented. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, shit, bitch needs an agent. I will keep stubbornly hunting the people who like my goofy Australian voice and, yeah. No. And, you know, like we would mention trying to shift into the, like the positive mindset, but you're also allowed to have those moments where you. Yeah. Boohooing and in that space of just like. <laughs> right. Right. And that's it. Yeah. And also, I feel like all of those, especially sometimes those stingy nose are mm. such fuel to like. They are good fuel. Yeah, because I still, I still think of this one agent that gave yeah. me that pass, but she didn't just pass like, no, thank you. It was, it was <laughs> so, like, this book will never sell. Yeah. Um, this is so like out of tune with what's happening in the world. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. and I'm still mad. And I still, yeah. every once in a while, I go to her page and I just, I just curse her out. I just look glare, at her. give it the little evil eye. And I just want to send her a copy of my book and be like, listen, bitch. Okay. You know? Like I literally had the thought of like, wait until these motherfuckers read Severed Cape. That shit is as far from derivative as you can get. I'm just yeah. like, but like, that's the thing. Like it, it really is. We're towing the line, right? Like if you go too far out of genre and trope, people are like, where do we put it? Where do we put it? But then it's like, if you like lean into it too hard, sometimes it's like, oh, it just you know, but yeah, you should send her a copy, send her a copy. We're not spiteful, but I agree with you. Anger and spite can be very helpful motivators. So, yes, but only if it's healthy, a healthy amount, a balanced amount, maybe a spoonful of spite for thy breakfast. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Before I forget, I saw yes. you post something about Santi's story. Oh yeah, I'm hang just on, kind of fiddling with like a little, like a, a short story, just a short, I don't know, maybe twenty thousand 
words, maybe shorter. I don't know if I can get there, but like just a fun little romp around like before Sinner's Isles, Santi and Marion, like just getting into trouble. I just thought about it. We'll see. But it was, it's been fun to kind of get back in, in his head a little bit. Yes. Well, because you know that we all, your faithful readers want it. We want more Santi. So, you know, I was like quite satisfied to see that pop up and, you know, we'll all be watching. No, no pressure. Watching, waiting. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I like kind of wrote it out. It's yeah. only like 5,000 words right now and it's. Yeah. But I think it could be pretty fun. We'll see. Mm, they we might put it like in the second edition. It might be like an additional material if it's short. Yeah, or would they I mean, do like a novella, be, maybe. That's what I mean. It'd be kind of fun. I'll see. I'll. I'm gonna try and pitch it if it's good. But um. Oh, it's gonna I, be good. Because Isle's gonna come out in paper book, paperback <laughs> in uh, December, I think. And so maybe yeah. that'd be like fun pre-order thing i don't know i'm just dilly dallying i'm just dilly dallying no we want it we need it we need it in the next book box the next montoya book box yes do you have any other exciting updates um nothing i can share oh (laughs) (laughs) well i mean that's enough that's enough to keep you know, all of us on the hook. What I just shall we did. read? Uh, shall we read Gretchen's bio? We should. We really should. Shall I re- uh, read? Please. Uh, um, how do we? How do we say Gretchen's last name? Well, my. You know what? I did wonder this. I think since my name is spelt the same way with the uh, ch, it. Wow. I would say Schreiber. Schreiber. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Or Schreiber. I'm not going to say like that. <laughs> <laughs> Schreiber? Yeah. Schreiber. Gretchen Schreiber grew up between the hills of Kansas and the hospitals of Minnesota, but now calls the hills of Los Angeles home. After getting her MFA from USC film school, she now works as a professional bookworm for Hello Sunshine, Reese Witherspoon's media company. She is also down to run away to Disneyland or a bookstore. Makes total sense why our godfather, Jessica Parra, and Gretchen get along so well. Both are Disney fanatics and have fire energy. It only, they are twin souls. Yeah. They are cut from the same cloth, 100%. Yeah, I definitely was sat there thinking that's that's para energy, right? I can totally see why they get along. Um, but the one thing I wanted to say, like in case our listeners haven't seen our incredible uh, Relit episode, uh, please go watch that because, yeah, we didn't, in- we never introed it. So I was like, just in case they were wondering, like, what the hell was <laughs> our last episode? It was just like an incredible, we we did the launch for Relit and uh, this anthology that was just wild. But I also wanted to shout out, I saw Sandra posted, she's doing these live Zoom webina- uh, webinars. On Wednesday, February 21st and February 28th. So just for $25, she's doing one using business strategy to select your next writing project and creating characters readers will root for. I just saw that she posted that and like, I'm definitely going to do it. It sounds amazing. So I was like, I want to just get the word out because it sounds like a really cool opportunity. Um, And yeah, she was the editor for Relit. For Relit. And and she was on our podcast a couple months back, Sandra who is absolutely 
another one of those special souls that we just love. So happy yes. Now in our last one minute, talking about the spelling of Gretchen's name, I have just been reminded of something hilarious. And I wasn't sure if I was ever going to tell you because I didn't want to stress you out back in debut time. But I'm ready to tell you now. (laughs) No. That there is a typo in Sinner's Isle. And that typo. Is it your name? My goddamn name. holding on to this for so long i feel like not i didn't want to stress you out because i don't care but i was like bitch if my name's in it again make sure they get it right (laughs) are you serious yeah when we're spelling gretchen's name i was like oh it's it's time it's time for me to reveal reveal the typo in sinner's isle but i actually lived for it i cackled so hard when i saw it because you'd written the most beautiful, heartfelt thing, and I was in tears. And then I was like, Melanie, scoop it. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Yeah. Did you miss me? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I had fear from last time we recorded something glitched, and I will never be the same. <laughs> so oh, no. when I saw something come up, I was like, listen, listen, just in case I need it to just do the normal thing. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Better to be safe than sorry. We do not want the world to miss out on this amazing episode having you. So we're really excited and um, we're so happy to have you on. Uh, No, thank you guys. Also, do I need to wear my headphones? They're being really weird and glitchy. Try without. It's up to you. As long as you can hear us, it'll be sweet. Yeah. Whatever the hell works. That's How's that? There we go. Sorry, like my head, like it was like that weird feedback loop that sometimes yeah. people, like performers, talk about when they get their inner ears all messed up. And I was like, oh, this is not going to be a great. I'm going to just make weird faces for an entire hour. <laughs> you were having your rock star moment where you had to tear out the head, tear it out, and just like go for it without any of the like <laughs> clicks or thing. I've learned so much thanks to TikTok about what inner ears do. Really. Apparently, there are like click tracks, so you can keep beats and everything. What? So, like, in addition to like having your feedback of like, this is what I sound like, so you know if you're in tune or not. There's like a a click track uh-huh. that goes through, and every performer who has an inner ear has their own like way that their click track works. Like, so that like if they need it like this way or they need it this way. So, like, I again, the things you learn on TikTok. <laughs> I have learned a lot. For, okay, I'm not a TikTok girly, but like I have to say a lot of information, new information that I currently possess is from Reels. Ooh. <laughs> I do Ooh. fact check. I do fact check. Like if on something TikTok? pops up. No, on, on Instagram Reels. Oh, that's fair. No, 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 I was like, you fact check, uh, you fact check no. the Reels on TikTok. <laughs> no, that would be like just like fact checking from a single source. <laughs> I love it's so funny though because it and I'm sure you understand this Gretchen but like TikTok you see the TikToks first and then maybe a month later it comes up on reels that's what I was gonna say I was like I was like it's like whatever comes around it's like oh that's where that came from I know where we're at now whoa whoa attacked <laughs> attacked attacked I felt that burn 
It's okay. Okay, but how are your brains? How are your brains? Are they melted? I'm hearing it's melting over there. (laughs) How is anybody's brain since the pandemic? No, not good. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, post-pandemic, it's it's all the same. It's all bad. Yeah, it's all bad. It's all mush. And you decide to pour it out into a book at some point. (laughs) Here we go. Here's yeah, that book you want. right. It's a. Am- it really is amazing um, to to still live in a creative space when everything is chaos. But I think it's the yeah. only way to survive for so many of us is just like I'm yeah. gonna pour it out on the page. It's the only way. Um, but yeah, so it's fun to see your beautiful book behind you. Which I know. I was like, let me let me do the yeah the 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 proud like you the- have. Do. Yeah, have yeah. the proud bookshelf moment. Yeah. Yeah. It, you have to. It's mandatory and it's, it's gorgeous, which we'll get to. Yeah. But we want to learn a little bit more about you before oh, we no. begin. So we have our random facts round. I love this. Um, that we have painstakingly, painstakingly <laughs> come up with these hard hitting questions <laughs> and recently uh, removed questions like, what's your favorite? What animal would you be? <laughs> some crackers there but we'll bring them back we'll bring them back at some no, point. you should you should what animal would you be i feel like that you know it's a great one <laughs> what would you be what would I you feel be? like my gut answer like top of the head would just be a humpback whale because <laughs> i feel like i would want to live forever and i would just want to sorry my like social media person is now texting me and i'm like silence everything yeah everybody <laughs> Um, no, um, I'm fascinated by with this is um the second time we've had this answer. So oh, it was killer whales last time. Oh, it's so I like... to know that it was her favorite because they were like taking down like expensive. Oh yeah, dogs. the 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 yachts <laughs> in Spain. Yeah, no, I feel like humpback whales. One, I was obsessed with humpback whales as a child. Mm. I you know I I feel like you can either be a horse girly or you can be a whale girly. And I was a whale girly, much to the chagrin of my mother, who was a horse girly. Um, and like you have all these really great songs. I was very like I love to sing. I don't sing anymore, but I used to once upon a time. And I don't know, you get to like go all over the ocean and you're kind of just like this like, hey, I'm hanging out at the bottom of the ocean singing my song, doing my thing. Mm. You know? I- I'm here for this. I <laughs> I love this. I love this about you as well. I think this is fabulous. <laughs> Who needs horses? Would Who needs horses? I mean, don't say that to my mom. She owns a horse. <laughs> horse people are like Taylor Swift people. You can't make them mad. You don't cut. You don't. Yeah, you don't mess with them because they will cut you. Because they got all those like tools to like dig things out of a horse thing. And I've like yeah. learned way more about trimming cow hooves and horse hooves thanks to TikTok. Again, yes, <laughs> yes, I was in a hardcore cow hoof trimming era on tiktok <laughs> I, went to, I went to youtube i graduated from the like 30 second tiktok videos to like the eight minute youtube videos where i'm like yeah that's right that's a white line problem and i'm like i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> oh my god i love this yeah 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 you really graduated you went <laughs> yeah i like i was like I, I gotta i gotta have more of this uh. My oh. brother says it's just, I just want the guy who has the Scottish accent talking to me for longer. And you know what? I'm like, I'm fine with that. That is also okay. That is fair. It's just a very special accent. I have a special <laughs> place in my heart for it too. <laughs> yeah. 
And he just cares about the cows. (laughs) Well, now I'm very excited to know what is the strangest thing you own. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What is the strangest thing I own? Like the strangest thing I own that I have purchased or the strangest thing I own that has been like gifted to me. Ooh, either. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I don't know how clean this is for a YA book talk thing, but my friend once upon a time gifted me with a single piece of penis glitter (laughs) and it has lived in my apartment like I have tried to get rid of this thing and it just shows up like it's just just one single little tiny little silver thing um and it has lived in my apartment for like 10 years (laughs) question your honor yeah (laughs) please explain to this humble zygote what is penis glitter also we mark out episodes as explicit so you're free oh okay great i was like i was like ah we might be in trouble um so do you know like confetti yeah like glitter so like something that you like have like a bachelorette party oh okay yeah they're just like little like they're like this big and it's just a full cock and balls that's way way better than what i had in my head i thought you had like some glitter from someone's penis and i was like oh oh, oh, i mean also would be like fascinating like i feel like then it would be in like a little vial like that sand you get at the beach which would be more disturbing okay i was picturing the same thing i was like there was this really hot male stripper and you just had to have a piece of glitter that I, I thought mean. the same thing. I thought the same thing. <laughs> oh my god! That's so my favorite we got this out. Yeah, no, it's just it's a single, <laughs> the single piece of penis glitter that just floats around my apartment. Last time I thought it was on a bookshelf somewhere. Oh, amazing penis glitter for all. You know exactly. You know sometimes it's just what you need. That's true. <laughs> It's true. I love we it. all need love penis it. glitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, what is something you think of way too often? I mean, this is like, okay, here, we're going to like flip it around and go from like really funny to really serious. I probably think about like how like disability rights or disability like issues like every day. And it's not great. <laughs> it makes me really angry. Again, two dichotomies, one really funny, one really serious. And that's life, right? And like that's, that that's, is life. yeah. Well, so, I'm gonna yeah. Say, you're in the right place. That's literally our show. One moment we're laughing about penises, and then we're crying about existence. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yeah. Welcome to like life in 2024. It's <laughs> yeah, true. Like, yeah. Somehow we're yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. Well, one more. We have one more question, yes. and that is, what is one of your most random, memorable life moments, be funny or otherwise? Oh my gosh! Can I have two? Yes. Of yeah. Okay. Both of them strangely have to deal with the same. I think almost the same trip. One, I one time played foosball with Barbara Bush. <laughs> okay. <It's very> random. <laughs> so great. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the other but it's straight face the other time um I threw a book at a doctor and I hit him in the head in the middle of a cast room so what well okay same trip you said is did you mention almost, almost the same trip I think it was within a couple of years of each other okay, okay. wow oh. I would like a small expansion why was the book thrown at the doctor's head oh <laughs> So um, I was, so I was in the middle of hand straightening 
surgery procedures because it's like more than one. So part of it was like every week I had to go or like every two weeks I had to go to the cast room, which is basically like where they put you in a cast. Um, But they can also it's also on the same floor as the operating theater. So like if something is wrong, they can just like roll you over to the operating theaters and open you up and all that jazz. Um, and because I was a child, they like make you go really, really early in the morning. And because they might have to do surgery on you, uh, you can't eat anything. Yeah. And so I was in the cast room. I was hungry. He was late <laughs> and he was like making it, he was trying to be funny and like make it a joke and kind of kept calling me cause I'm from Kansas. He kept calling me the wicked witch of the West and oh, I got no. super. And I like, I mean, hold on. I think I have the book. It has that a place I, of honor. Um, so it's not like it is not a small book by any stretch of the imagination. And I just at the mm. end of everything just reared back and shucked it at him and hit him in the head. And the entire cast room went because I had just, you know, beamed the head the head of like the International Hand Surgeon Association in the head with a book. <laughs> he he earned it. He, he earned it, you know. Oh my gosh, he deserved a good no. chunk in the head. And that's a that's a thick yeah, book. It, it is not a it is not <laughs> by any means a small book. Mm. I'm surprised you didn't knock his ass out. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe got rid of a few more brain cells, but ooh, he passed his medical boards already. <laughs> he deserved it. He he definitely you know what? Yes. He earned his right back. You know, we paid him. It's fine. He got a seventy five thousand dollars for surgery. Yeah. So you know what? You're mm. you're you're even. Yeah. Now, so how old was that? You were pretty young. Like I was twelve. Okay. And you were reading a big, thick old juicy book. Yeah, thick old, like this was a book that had been brought to me by a friend who had gone to the her local Barnes and Noble, and you can tell this was like pre-YA world because she asked the uh, the uh, like bookseller like I have this friend she's in a hospital she's like 12 she loves fantasy give me two books and I got that book and the golden compass <laughs> another thick juicy book another thick juicy book and those were the two things that I got and the interesting thing about that book is I picked it up while I was in the hospital and I had to like put it down because the main character there is name is Rohan. And I was reading Lord of the Rings with my mom at the time. And I kept, I was on morphine. So forgive, you know, forgive my childish brain. My brain was like, why is a country talking like it's a person? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is confusing though. <laughs> I was like, and it's spelled the same. And I was like, I, yeah, no. But that both of those books would have been like worthy backups to throw <laughs> for additional I mean, comment. I'm also just impressed at your accuracy because like I get fiery moments like that, but like I'm like quite clumsy and I have terrible aim. <laughs> I would never hit my mark. Like it must have been satisfying that it hit. <laughs> it it was. I think it was also then like that. Oops. Oh. <laughs> and the mom is right there. So you're like, am I gonna get in trouble for that? <laughs> I love this. I love oh I God. love learning this about you. I <laughs> you know, I'm here for this. Now, were you always a reader then, even from like a young age? Yeah. Um, 
I, so my brother is extremely dyslexic and like the thing that a school still likes to tell kids or parents of kids with dyslexia is like your parents should just read to you. Um, and so my mom in an effort to be the good mom and do what they, she was told, she read to my brother and I for like 20 minutes every day or 20 minutes from my book, 20 minutes from his book. So like I grew up reading I don't know, everything, anything and everything. Um, it was an eight hour drive between our house and my hospital. So we did a ton of audiobooks. Um, I think I had done the Les Miserables audiobook when I was eight. <laughs> and wow. I used to walk around being like, favorite book. And people were like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, child, what? <laughs> um, <sighs> but like, did Jurassic Park and Tom Clancy, Susan Cooper, Madeline Lingle, like, kind of was all over the spectrum um my mom and I would go through like periods where we would do like completionist things where like we got really into Mary Higgins Clark one summer and we did like 20 books in the Mary Higgins Clark series um and then I graduated to romance and my mother did not follow me there and so I would do like <laughs> all of Nora Roberts and I did like you know 30 books in Nora Roberts one summer and one summer I did like the entire oeuvre of like Jodi Pico. And then like, mm -hmm. it was just like always one of those things that you sort of, I would find one person and I would just like claw my way through whatever they had available. So freaking cool. I love, <laughs> I really, really do. And did you, how did it go from reader to writer? Like, did you know you wanted to always be a writer? So again, my mother would probably say, Gretchen, you have always been destined to be a writer. And I'd be like, I don't think that's true. Um, I wanted to go, I originally was going to go to medical school, which maybe is a little le more, less surprising given my history. Um, and I didn't really start, like I had written things off and on. I was a fanfic girly for a long time. Um, I did that whole jam and kind of just like wrote bits and snippets here, here and there. And wasn't really until grad school that I a finished my first novel and I wrote like, I wrote my master's thesis, which was a retelling of Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I wrote like another pilot and, um, that I actually want to turn into a screenplay anyway. Uh, and so I wrote three books before I had an agent before I wrote Ellie and that became my debut so yes what was your query and submission process like I hate everything about it <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer <laughs> Literally, I hate everything about it, mostly because my day job has made me like an extreme lover of data and like, how can you reverse engineer something to get close? Like, you know, how can we get closer to our answer faster, doing less work, like, you know, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Um. So Ellie, I wrote in seven weeks during the pandemic uh, in May of 2020, because I was at home and I was like, okay, here we go. Do, 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 do. Um, I started sending out queries in the summer and got a lot of like, oh, this is good, but no. My favorite memorable one that I will forever hold a grudge against the agent is like, you're a really great writer. This book is unsellable. Um, Fuck them. Yeah, I hate those ones. They're like, your writing is so brilliant and your hook is engaging, but I don't know where to put this. <laughs> but hang <Wait>. on. 
but also isn't that your job like also my I just have to interject because literally yesterday my husband said to me because I got a I got a rejection and they were like oh it feels like too derivative or whatever and my husband was like he's like so he's like when it's like really out of the box or whatever they're like I don't know where to put this and when it's like more familiar tropes they're like it's too derivative he's like you guys can't win some of the biggest like sort of big books in the genre are books that were were risks hunger games twilight harry potter like they were all these things that like mm. were huge risks for a house and like that's the only way to like get the big reward is to take the big risk mm. so um and then i did pitch wars so yeah so i queried didn't work i was like really like i'm gonna just cry my eyes out every day all day whatever whatever <laughs> um did pitch wars and was basically like trying to like reframe my entire like mental load of like what do i want from pitch wars because i don't know like they always they send you like the five they used to send like these five questions to you if your mentor if people were interested in mentoring you they'd be like what do you want out of pitch wars and I was like what do I want out of pitch wars and I was like you know what the one thing I've never really been good at is revising because I can get a first draft really really close and I was like I think the gap between me getting an agent and me like writing a draft is that like 10 percent of like I just need it to like happen of somebody needs to point something out that I can fix because everyone's like and I'm like but it's not good enough <laughs> and so I worked with Kara McDowell and Kimberly Gabriel um and they were phenomenal um I should say this is going to be really weird um so during this entire time I had had a breakdown to my boss at work uh, because you know everyone does she was like what is wrong and I just what here is my thing. I'm really upset. I hate everything. My book isn't going anywhere. It's da -da, you know. Um, and she was like, "Well, send me your book. I want to read it." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> um, and like the next time she gets on, she's like, "I read it, Gretchen. I read a lot of YA right now because we were in the middle of like doing YA book club." She was like, "This is better than most of what we read. We are gonna get this published." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, okay. I don't believe you, but okay." <laughs> um. And so I did pitch wars and I kind of been putting her off because she's like, are you working on your book? Like, what's your fi final manuscript, final manuscript? And I was like, ah. um, I was getting ready for the showcase and everything. And finally, my boss was like, do you have your final? Where is your final manuscript? And I was like, OK, here, just like here it is. Take it away. Um, And the day the posts <laughs> went live for YA. Mm. my boss forwards an email to me that's like putting us all together and unbeknownst to me she'd taken my book and sent it to CAA to the head of CAA lit yes and it was the head of CAA lit and my now agent Alex and she, Kate Hoyt was like oh my god I can't believe this is your first book wasn't but we're not gonna tell her that um, <laughs> she was like oh my gosh this is so great I'm hooking you up with one of our rising agents she's here to like develop our fiction section she wants to talk to you and I was like great so Alex and I set this call meanwhile I like 
DM Kara and I'm like, Kara, we have a we have a problem. Well, no, no, it wasn't even that yet. So I got on a call with Alex, and here's me thinking like this is Hollywood, you know, Hello Sunshine, big client of CAA. They're just doing me a fit, you know, like call her, give her some notes, send her on her way. So I again did nothing to prepare for this call. Absolutely mm -hmm. was like, this is fine. Like she's gonna give me some notes on my book and it's gonna be fine, whatever. Um and like five minutes into the call, I like stop her because she's like, let's talk about the notes I sent. Cause she sent not only like a full edit letter, mm -hmm. she had like an entire line note, like uh line edit as well. Wow. Um, and I was like, I I'm sorry, I just what call is this? And she was like, Oh, well, this is an offer call. And I was like, oh, okay, wow. okay, like start like frantically g-chatting my friends, being like, what am I supposed to ask on this call again? <laughs> <laughs> so I then have to like call Kara and Kara and I get on the phone and we're like, okay, so how do we play this? Do we, cause like, obviously Alex, I told her I was in pitch war. She's like, I want to wait two weeks, but that is industry standard. So like go with God, like, <laughs> And so um Pitchworth got mad at me. And I was like, this was not my fault. <laughs> my boss said something I had no control over. Did they get mad at you? They, yeah, because they were like, they were like, you know, you're not supposed to be querying if you're in the showcase. And, you know, this is like, a, and I was like, I can't help what my boss does. <laughs> you cannot. You cannot. Mm. Oh, I also have you. thoughts about this, but they will have to be saved for another time because they're ranty thoughts. But I think, like, <laughs> if you're, if you're like, things are happening for your book, the bookish community should be happy no matter how it's happening. And, like, it, the, the program that's designed there to, like, help you get, like, if you got it before, like, amazing. <laughs> like, come on, friends. <laughs> Let's yeah. be happy <laughs> for each other. <laughs> Right. So I did that. Um, and so I ended up like I sent all of the um mm -hmm. everyone who I had sent a, a query to before pitch wars where I'd be like, hey, just hold them doing pitch wars. Mm -hmm. I basically sent them with like, hey, you've got two weeks. Um, and <laughs> I think even before two weeks were up, I like was like, Alex, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and so I signed with Alex. We edited through the summer. I think I did two rounds of edits, which is kind of funny because like everything I put in with Pitch Wars, we took out. Wow. <laughs> it was like one of those big things where it was like, put it in, take it out. And wow. sometimes even the stuff, like when I got to an editorial stage, it was like, we put it in, we'll take it out. <laughs> um, which just is like that 10% is so like, everybody's own like stamp right like you don't know what that is going to be ultimately mm. um, that's such a smart way to look at it I've never heard it posed that way but it, it is something that you know I hear a lot like it, depending who you go with like it could completely go a different way the way exactly. your book is and like it's kind of down to the author on how they're gonna do that and like if it resonates with them that vision and whatever yeah, no, I mean, it's and that's the thing is like, I think nobody really talks about how like at that editorial stage, yeah. it really becomes like a group project almost like, yes, you're the author, it's your thing, you can be like, no, but like, mm. editors and agents acquire things that they like, because they want to help shape and mold it and like leave their fingerprints on it too. Yeah. And so like, you know, you just have to make sure like when you're picking someone that they have your vision 
that they're editing toward your vision, not just like, this is what I think. That's mm-hmm. so true. I think that's brilliant advice too, is just because um, you want to, obviously you want to say yes to a, an agent or an editor, but if they're not the right ones and they're not going to take your project to where you ultimately want it to be, it's not worth it. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's usually one of the first questions I ask before giving like critiques for friends is like, what is your vision for the project? Because I can have a vision for the project, but if that's not your vision, my notes will mean jack shit to you. Yeah, that's good. That's Um, cool. So I did that. And then um, we went on submission in August. And then at the end of August, well, I moved back to LA. It did not, we got a lot of, this is not, this is lovely. This is not right for my list. Um, and then uh, I got really I was working on something else but I finally uh, my mom had to go have brain surgery so I was going to fly out to New York um, to be with her during that because you know payback (laughs) Um, and I decided to go to New York actually to like see the city because I'd been there a couple times for work but never like actually got to see like this is New York um And so I like made a lot of arrangements because I was like, well, if I can meet people in publishing, thanks to my day job, they will take me out for meals. And that will be one less thing I have to pay for in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we were getting to the end of the sort of like sub list. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm like ready to like make some moves here. Uh, And I told Alex, I was like, hey, I'm having lunch with Wednesday books. Uh, I am happy to say something pointed if you would like at this lunch because you know what why not lay it all out there um and Alex was like cool hold let me talk to the team we'll come up with some stuff and come back to you Mm -hmm. so I was having lunch with Wednesday on Wednesday um (laughs) and I was having coffee with Alex on Tuesday so Alex shows up for coffee and is like okay so here how it's going um, so Kate called the head of St. Martin's Press, Jennifer Underlin, and was like, so I hear you have this really great book at one of your imprints. What is happening with it? Um, and then Jen called Wednesday and was like, hi, I have this question for you all. Um, unbeknownst to me, Wednesday had already passed. The editor we had subbed to had already passed on it with the like advice of like, this is not a debut novel. And I was like, and Alex and I were both trying to be like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so it ended up going to a different editor at Wednesday who was going to take a look at it. So Alex sits down at coffee and she's like, so here's the thing. They may say something. And if they say something, feel free to like loop us all in an email with me and I take over. I'll remove you. You know, they can have it, whatever. Um, And so I went, had lunch. It was great. We didn't talk about anything. We drank a lot of champagne because Hello Book Club made Hello Sunshine Book Club made Wednesday a lot of money <laughs> once upon a time. Um, and the next day I went to Long Island to meet my mom for surgery. Mm-hmm. And I had my phone on because I was expecting a work call. And I pick up the phone because I'm like, oh, this is my like boss at work calling me for this thing. And I'm like, why is Alex calling me? And she was like, congratulations, published author. She was like, we have an offer in hand from Wednesday. And they came in with like a super, I would say like aggressive offer for a contemporary Mm -hmm. novel. Um, 
And of course, Alex countered because I was like, I was like, but what if just accepted? And Alex was like, we counter. And I was like, well, what if they take it away? And she was like, we counter. And I was like, but what if they take it away? And she's like, who are you talking to that, that you think that they would take something away because we countered? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, my own insecurities. Yeah. I mean, it and sounds so- scary. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're like, I don't. Like nobody move, we're not gonna mess this yeah. up. And yeah. so yeah, I um we we like you know then you have to go out and you have to tell everybody everybody okay with this and everyone was like yeah have fun and I was like cool, Eileen. I mean and she really got the book and like what the book was trying to do and um had like this great plan for it and like things that got added like there were things so in the book there are a whole bunch of blogs because her mom is a mommy blogger. Then the blogs did not like the blog entries themselves did not exist in the book until I until the editorial stage, mm. which is now I think one of the most interesting points of the book itself. Yeah. Oh, that sounds honestly super cool. Um, can you tell us a little bit like what Ellie Haycock Haycock? I want to get there. Oh, it's a weird name. <laughs> and I if I knew it was gonna be in the title, I probably would not like it was one of those like mom needs to yell full name at child what's a last name mm-hmm. okay here you go i would have chosen i'm, I'm sorry but it was the penis glitter was talking to you <laughs> i think so. probably probably the penis glitter talking to me all the way from california <laughs> like ellie hey talk um it's totally normal can totally you tell normal. us I, I see like our time is dwindling but i want to yeah. know what is this book about like can you give us a quick synopsis? yeah I'm gonna try to remember my like 90 second pitch um so Ellie Haycock is about a girl who is really great about keeping her two lives separate those lives are her high school life and her hospital life but this is what happens when a new sickness sends her back to the hospital and it will take a new group of friends and a new love interest to tell her that um, not only is mixing your two lives okay but it is also totally normal mm-hmm. oh love I love, and I want to ask about the blurb that I saw yeah. on the front. Very, should I, should I do one? Yes. There you go. <laughs> yes. I saw a Reese Witherspoon as yeah. they blurber. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So that's my boss. I forget so many people, like my ultimate, ultimate boss, not the boss. It was like emailing CAA on my behalf. Um, Yeah. So I work at Hello Sunshine. Uh, I work for Reese's Book Club. I've worked there now for almost, it'll be seven years in August, which is wild to me. Mm. Um, And it was one of those things that like, when I got my book deal that I was like, you know what? Shoot your shot. The worst they can say is no. Oh, yes. Um, And so I like went to the boss I interact with on the daily. Um. And who had who was the one who did the CAA and all of the things? Mm. And she was like, "I got you. We're gonna figure this out." And I was like, "All right, Sarah, handling it." Mm. Um, and so yeah, so she went to Reese and Reese read like requested the material and read the book and had like so many lovely things to say about it. And I was like, "I don't know how <laughs> I got this lucky, but yeah, it's." I just think of her as like, oh yeah, that's Reese, my boss. She's super great and she's super lovely. And then I'm like, oh, right. That's Reese Witherspoon. Like, it's like that, like, you know, how hard can it be men do it? How yes. Yeah. Men do it? It's like, oh, that's Reese Witherspoon. Oh, right. That's Reese Witherspoon. 
Oh, I got chills hearing you repeat that quote again, because I get chills every time I hear it, but like hearing it again, like, yes. And that's it. As, as you're speaking, I'm like, I know how fortune favors the brave and, and like, what a brave thing to do. And like, you're always in with a chance if you put your name in the hat. That's what I was like. I was like, but again, after publishing, how hard is it to hear the word? No. Mm. Amen. <laughs> how many, how many times have all of us heard? No, and this call, you know, that is yeah. so real and so like, I we need that on t-shirts. Like it's just that's it. You've got to get used to hearing no a lot if you want to stay in it. Like, and you become weathered to it. You're just like, oh, another no, okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. another no. That's fine. Sure, okay, keep going. Yeah. Like you know, like you got to get that one person who was like, I want to have a hundred no, a hundred rejections a year or something. And I was like. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, yeah, all right, let's go. hundred rejections. Do you think that's what made you feel like brave enough to just go for it? Because you've like had dealt with all the rejections in the past and you're like, yeah. Oh, this absolutely not. I still hate rejection. <laughs> <laughs> I I like most... <laughs> Look, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> I'm still like a cowardly little chicken who hates to hear the word no. Mm. Um, but uh... But you do it anyway. Do it anyway, kind of like suck it up and being like, you know, I think someone recently told me like this thing that like the debut experience only comes around once. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, if you've got to like go out with it, like put it all in the book is what uh, my friend Emily Wiberly would tell me of like, you don't know if you're going to get another book. So any idea you have, put it all in. Mm -hmm. um, and my editor, Eileen, is very good at saying, no, take it out, take it out, take it out. <laughs> but she's like, I understand that you're a kitchen sink writer, put it all in. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that like applies to like all the other things around being an author. Cause like there's being a writer and then there's being an author, which is the, the social media and the blurbs and the networking and all of those things like that. For good and for ill comes along with the job. Beautiful. Well, we're going to get cut off. I know. So I was like, I don't want to get cut off. I'm sorry. I'm long. That was beautiful. No, you're perfect. Perfect. And I can't believe we're already at the time limit, but oh my God, you're amazing. Mm. And we love you. We're so excited yes. for you and your book. And this is so fun. We're just going to have to have you back soon. Yeah. You so know, we can